Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Washington has fired a new shot in its tech battle against China. Tight job markets in the U.S. and in Europe could keep central bankers feeling hawkish. And the pandemic gave popular port cities a chance to ask themselves, do we really like all these cruise ships? Where tourism died down over the pandemic, there was a chance to reflect upon the impacts of over-tourism and some of the impacts on the environment. Plus, our global health editor will tell us about another effect that COVID-19 is having on people's health. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The U.S. government comes out with its latest jobs report today. Economists and monetary policymakers at the Federal Reserve are watching these numbers closely. Analysts are expecting a slowdown in jobs growth for August, with 300,000 positions added to the economy. Our U.S. economics editor, Colby Smith, says that's down from the red-hot job numbers in July, when there were more than half a million new jobs. Stepping down from that, um, you know, might not be enough relief uh, for the Fed to be kind of rethinking how aggressively it's tightening monetary policy. Uh, That being said, what they're really looking for is any signs that the labor market is starting to soften, um, even at the margins. So if we see a slower pace of monthly jobs growth, I think that's something that will be encouraging for them. Um, They'll also be looking at average hourly earnings and any movement on the unemployment rate front. But I don't think we're at the point yet where we're seeing um, the full kind of impact of the interest rate increases that have been delivered so far on the labor market. And that just might encourage the Fed to kind of keep at its tightening campaign until uh, they're seeing a more substantive move in the data. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. Eurozone unemployment continues to fall. Yesterday, the European Commission reported that unemployment in the bloc fell to an all-time low of 6.6%. The job market's strength and the risk of sharp wage increases makes it more likely the European Central Bank will keep monetary policy tight. Several policymakers have said as much recently. And next week, the ECB is expected to raise rates three-quarters of a percentage point. That's even more than its half-a-point increase in July. Cruise ships are filling up again after a painful pandemic. People are now eager to travel, vaccine requirements are easing, and popular port cities are coming back to life. There's just one big problem. Many of the cities where cruise ships dock aren't so keen on the ships anymore. To talk about this, I'm joined by the FT's Oliver Barnes. Hi, Oliver. Hey, thanks for having me. So why is this pushback happening now? So for the European cities where places like Barcelona, places like Venice, Palma de Mallorca in Spain, where tourism died down over the pandemic, there was a chance to reflect upon the impacts of over-tourism and some of the impacts on the environment. Those flood of cruise tourists coming back is making them reflect upon exactly kind of what level of demand and the numbers of of tourists they want to return to the cities and and maybe think about a reset in their relationship with with cruise tourists. Oliver, can you talk about the specific concerns that cities have? Barcelona's kind of spearheaded what's happening this year. 
And effectively, there are two complaints. Firstly, it's the effects of over-tourism. They're starting to see the effects of overcrowding in the city, the perhaps antagonistic relationship between tourists and the locals. A lot of it's a kind of cost-benefit analysis, right? So the criticism is, is that cruise tourists come into town, they don't spend very much money because they're on these all-inclusive packages on the boats, and then they get back on the boat and they leave. And what they've left behind them, a lot of campaigners and some of these politicians say, is just air pollution and a small amount of spend. And then the other is the environmental impacts. Cruise ships tend to be very polluting. They have huge effects on air pollution. And also a number of these mayors have been elected on a green agenda. So have an incentive to show how they're um, ratcheting up pressure on, a, on an industry which emits a, a large amount of carbon dioxide. And what does the cruise industry have to say about these concerns? So they're pushing back on this and saying that they're taking efforts to move towards net zero by 2050, as lots of companies are. The big uh, yardstick along the way for the cruise industry is 2030, at which point under EU legislation that's passing its way through the European Parliament at the moment, they will have to plug into the electricity grid at port as opposed to using fuel to power the boats when at port. The cruise ships are making progress with that. And it looks like most cruise ships will be able to use that technology by 2030. And of course, that resolves a lot of the criticisms around air pollution. But the ports don't necessarily have the capacity to do that. And it takes a lot more effort to build out the electricity grid to accommodate for that new technology. So while the cruise industry says it's making progress, there are going to be major hurdles along the way to get there and resolve some of those debates. Uh, around the impact they have environmentally on cities. Oliver Barnes is the FT's Leisure Industries correspondent. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you. There's growing evidence of further serious illnesses from COVID-19. There's been a lot of focus on long COVID with its ongoing fatigue and brain fog. But now there's also concern about long-term effects on the heart and the brain. Here's the FT's global health editor, Sarah Neville. It's about increased susceptibility to regular known conditions like heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, um, that seem to be present in significantly greater numbers in those who had COVID than those who haven't caught COVID. Sarah's been reporting on an FT analysis using data from the UK's National Health Service, or NHS. And that data analysis showed that there'd been a really significant rise in deaths from heart attacks in the two years from 2019 to 2021, so sort of broadly the first two years of the pandemic. And this rise applied to all age groups apart from the very elderly. The over 80s didn't see a rise which we may speculate could be, sadly, because a lot of older people actually died from COVID who might otherwise have passed away with heart attacks. That's purely speculative. But what is not speculative and what's clear from the data is that all the younger age groups, all the under 80s, had seen a rise. Sarah also looked at research into another vast trove of patient data, this one from the Department of Veterans Affairs in the U.S. I spoke to a wonderful researcher 
Dr. Zayad Al-Ali, who's based at the Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. And Dr. Al-Ali's findings strikingly showed a larger number of people getting heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, as I mentioned earlier, when they'd been infected. And the absolute numbers sound quite small. There's a just a 4% greater chance of having a heart attack if you've had COVID than if you haven't had COVID, according to Dr. Al-Ali's work. But as he pointed out to me, when you think of the really huge numbers of people catching COVID worldwide, that 4% will translate into very, very large numbers that he feels are really going to strain health systems around the world in, in, in the years to come. Sarah Neville is the FT's global health editor. Before we go, the U.S. has banned a top computer chip maker from selling its cutting-edge chips to Chinese customers. NVIDIA said in a filing yesterday that the U.S. is requiring special licenses to sell two of its processors. Those processors are critical for artificial intelligence work. NVIDIA said the crackdown is to prevent the chips from being used by the Chinese military, but they're also used in corporate data centers. So these restrictions could hurt some of China's top companies. Beijing condemned the move. It called it a technological blockade. NVIDIA shares were down 11% at one point yesterday. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Bromley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.